This is PR in the 80s, a podcast where we interview former CRECOM students and public relations professionals who will share with us their learning and experience with public relations. We talk a lot about the Tylenol crisis in yeah. a lot of our classes. Um, <laughs> is, do you have uh, anything you'd like to say or like, could you tell us a little bit well, about I that? I certainly watched it. And at one point, I taught a course at the University of Winnipeg um, on public affairs and would there was the Tylenol case. There was also the um, smelly tuna, which a star-kissed tuna, which was happened in New Brunswick, likely in the same decade. It was handled extremely well. And in those days, it was unusual to see a CEO on the news. And uh, the one, well, and I'll give you the comparison of the two cases of Tylenol. The um, CEO was immediately on the national news stations, certainly in the States, promised to immediately change the bottles, the cap, they withdrew. So the action was now immediate in our sense at that time, would not be immediate today. It was likely within the same day, but that was considered a absolutely immediate response. Starkest tuna were in New Brunswick, and but their general manager was came from somewhere in California. <clears throat> and there was all kinds of talk on the street about the smell of tuna at the plant. And uh, the TV major stations couldn't get anybody to respond from the company. They had no comment. They weren't going to comment on it. Well, then they go out on the street, and anybody they stopped on the streets, I believe it was Fredericton, could have been Moncton now, and could tell them about the smelly tuna. And they literally lost hundreds of thousands of dollars by not responding to that issue. So I think CEOs over the years have learned it's better if you've got a major crisis, you need to put your CEO out. A Boeing, another good example, now it's carried on much longer, a very complex issue, but with the, the new Boeing aircraft, the CEO of Boeing was on the news last night or the night before, and I don't remember ever seeing the CEO of a corporation that large doing a being speaking on TV. So obviously, corporations have learned if you've got a major crisis, you better put your top guy out there. You've got to convince the top man that you're a woman. It could be both today, hopefully. Um, your key person and, and a lot of key executives are not comfortable uh, speaking to the media. In fact, they're most uncomfortable with it. We're seeing more and more that have had training and, and are out there, but it is a challenge, it, depending on who the top executive is, to t make them take responsibility. No one likes to make a mistake, whether it's for your, your personal or your corporation. Why do you think CEOs are uncomfortable talking to the media? Partially because they haven't had the training, and I we did a lot of that at Manitoba Town. I had a media in those days. There was really no company here in uh, Manitoba. So because I'd worked in Toronto for a number of years, I had contacts there, and there was an excellent media training company in um, Toronto. And I ran all of our executives through the course, so they all had basic media training. I would also put our... CEO, uh, when we became a publicly traded corporation in 97, you have to do an annual general meeting, and a CEO has to be able to talk to uh, not only the investment community, which they often do on teleconference because they're right across the country, 
but they also have to hold a large shareholder meeting. And I always put our CEO through media training uh, before every major annual meeting, public event, and uh, prepared all the questions we could think of, uh, good and bad. They would be asked by the facilitator to answer those questions. So they weren't taken by surprise. I mean, you couldn't foresee every event. But at least if an executive is more comfortable with answering difficult questions, they're able to do a better job. What was your favorite part about CRECOM? Well, for me, as I said earlier, it was that a chance to get my foot in the door at a real employer. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a very, there was a lot of camaraderie. And, you know, when you were working on projects, particularly for IPP or radio and television, you had to engage uh, some of your classmates to help you with stuff. Like I remember being a, a guest on somebody's TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did a quiz show and so I was one of the one of the contestants. So you know you had to participate with each other and it so you, you did form some pretty strong bonds. Like I uh, you know how many years ago is that I was there and I still have a few friends from wow. yeah from then that I still keep in touch with. So yeah that awesome. that camaraderie was really mm-hmm. was really good.